God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, I don't have my call-in system up and running. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... I just noticed I didn't hit that button. As my father would say, check your checklist. Um, so in any case, uh, wow, what a what an amazing event out in Arizona yesterday. And what amazing things are happening in Georgia and in Nevada. And uh, we're going to have a lot of audio clips today. Um, only because I could describe them or you can hear them for yourself. Um, the Team Trump really put together... A really nice, uh, a really a really nice presentation. But before we get to that, I, I want to um, uh, play Steve Cortez's uh, audio uh, for it's a, it's about a minute, and we're going to get started with that. So here we go with Steve Cortez uh, talking about. Um, the media malfeasance first critical information that would have flipped all six swing states that the president allegedly lost as per current reporting we need an honest media we need a real healthy fourth estate in this country so that's uh let's see let's Let's start that. Let's over. talk about media malfeasance as the public's trust in corporate legacy media platform plunges to multi-decade lows for good reasons because of their behavior in 2020. Right now, according to CNBC polling, only 3% of Trump voters believe that Joe Biden legitimately won. Only 3%. Part of the reason is how little we trust corporate media and with good reason. For example, corporate media chose, willfully chose, to completely ignore the most explosive story of the entire campaign, the laptop from hell containing the China pay-to-play details with the Biden cartel, including big guy Joe Biden. The MRC, Media Research Center, and the polling company recently did a survey of Biden voters in swing states. They found 45% of Biden voters had never even heard any of the details of the laptop from hell story. Not surprisingly, 17% of them said they would have changed their votes 
if they had this critical information. That would have flipped all six swing states that the president allegedly lost as per current reporting. We need an honest media. We need a real healthy fourth estate in this country. And there it is. So that's how we got started. You know, with the laptop from hell, we're talking about Hunter Biden. We're talking about that whole thing. And people are revolting in America today. And that's what's so amazing is that we're in revolt. 3% of those Trump supporters are conceding. Just 3%. 97% are pushing for Trump to move on, march on, fight on, never quit. And so Trump is basically listening to his constituents and his base, and he's saying, we are, we are not going to fold. We are not going to give up, never give up. And at, at that moment, you've got to realize that he is the, he's, he's the president with the biggest record, the, the record number of turnout. He had more than Reagan, more than FDR. He had more. He has more support than any incumbent in the history of America. And then you got Joe Biden, who can't even play tug of war with a German Shepherd. That can't even string sentences together. That um, basically uh, refer to Psalms, the Book of Psalms, as palms, palmas. I mean. It's, it's pretty ridiculous when you think about how out to lunch Joe Biden is. You wonder why they didn't even try, but they didn't. Let's see if we can get this uh, audio. I'm going to just play it through my cell phone. Let's see. And I'm sure we can. Yeah, right here. We can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words the lord is my strength and my shield and that's of course from the book of psalms psalms you know from the bible right palmist and he calls himself a devout catholic really it's just outrageous right the guy is a big total fraud biden is a total liar and he knew that cheating was going on we've played that clip for you and I don't think that was a Freudian slip. I think he tr- truly meant it. I think he's just so far gone that he literally said something that was crystal clear. And that we knew that this fraud was coming. We all predicted it. People on the left predicted it. People on the right predicted it. It was, it was long understood that this was what's, what was going to be taking place. Is that <clears throat> we were going to see massive fraud as it re- related to covid and sure enough, we saw it. But we did, what we did know is we did not know the underbelly. Because of the media bias, because of the fake news, because of uh, the fact that we're in the dark with any kind of benchmarks, any kind of accurate polling, you know? I mean, for Washington Post, ABC to say that Trump is down 17 points in Wisconsin, that's got to be like, I don't know. I mean, what is that? That's pie in the sky numbers, right? That's pie in the sky. So we didn't have any accurate information. The people listening in to the Scott Adams show and shows like this one, you know, where we deliver the best truth we could possibly deliver, right? Through hours and hours and endless hours of research 
and caring about our country and fighting for our country and sleepless nights. And I can assure you, we really put a lot of work into all these things. And we stress out about it and we're concerned about it. Like those people that showed up and spent 10 hours yesterday in Arizona. Those are patriots just like you and just like me. They care about our country so much that they'll spend 10, 12 hours. They'll spend 16 hours at a polling precinct just watching and just observing and reporting what they see. And, you know, so we're all patriots. Nothing like this has ever happened before in our country where so many people loved one man so much. And what had, and then, you know, you have a lying press. Usually when the numbers are so great that you could have 75 million people show up and vote for the incumbent, the current president, the president that everybody loves, you would have a media that would love that president too. You would have that uh, media. And I wouldn't want a lapdog media that covers for the president. I wouldn't want it. All I want is a media that tells that tells it straight. And, you know, like I've said, I've canceled my uh, Fox, my cable company that uh, provides me with Fox News. You're not going to hear me talking so much about Tucker and things like that. Although I am going to be playing some clips today uh, with Lou Dobbs speaking with uh, uh, Sidney Powell and some others. So I draw some references to it. But from what I hear, their numbers are just tanked. And so they're paying the price, but are they really? Because, you know, by paying the price, I mean, they're still getting their money from China, foreign influence. But they're allowing, they're selling out their country. They're selling out their country. These multinational corporations are selling out their country for these, and we've been saying it over and over again, these sweatshop slave labor markets. And that that's what's been happening is they've been selling out these sweatshop slave labor markets, and this has got to stop. Now, we're going to talk today about what's happening in Georgia and what's happening in in other places, but we also have a lot to talk about here. So we're going to start with um, Sidney Powell's interview with Lou Dobbs. Let's take a listen. Joining us now is Sidney Powell. She's former federal prosecutor, uh, General Michael Flynn's defense attorney, a great American, and and I know for a fact uh, as busy as she can possibly be working all hours of the day. Sidney, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Let me start by just saying uh, this time is yours. Uh, right now, this audience, most of America, wants to know where are we in this fight for the White House. Well, we are making great progress, Lou. We have one case in the in the court in Georgia that's getting ready to go to the 11th Circuit. We're going to ask for emergency review of that, where we sought to impound all the voting machines in Georgia, and we need, frankly, to stop the the election that's supposed to happen in January because all the machines are infected with the software code 
that allows Dominion to shave votes for one candidate and give them to another and other features that do the same thing. And we filed suit also in Michigan and we're preparing suits for several other states. And as I'm sure your viewers hopefully know and caught part of the hearing in Arizona today that Rudy Giuliani conducted for the legislature to right. see much of the evidence that has been accumulated by some experts that will be uh, helping our case also. It, it's just pouring out more by the day. People are coming forward with different bits and pieces of the puzzle. Different states shaved different amounts of votes uh, or the system was set up to shave and flip different votes in different states. Some people were targeted as individual candidates. It's really the most massive and historical egregious fraud the world has ever seen. The top officials of the Georgia state government, the Secretary of State, the Governor, Brian Kemp, was in a very similar situation as we reported here at the top of the broadcast three years ago when he was Secretary of State. And he was sued as Secretary of State, the state of Georgia. And incredibly, as soon as that lawsuit was filed, that server uh, under, under uh, Secretary of State Kemp was white. Uh, and that has, obviously, was at the core of your concerns in seeking an injunction uh, from Judge Batten, the federal district court judge, uh, who issued the restraining order, correct? Correct. And guess what happened yesterday while we were in the process of trying to get the state to respond for our request to the restraining order? Someone went down to the Fulton Center where the votes and Dominion machines were, claimed there was a software glitch and they had to replace the software. And it seems that they removed the server. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do we know where the server is? Uh, no, we don't right now. I, you know, people don't go to jail for their attitude. But in the case of the Secretary of State and the governor of Georgia right now, one would be tempted to prosecute based on their conduct so far. What is going on with those two individuals? I think there's a lot going on, Lou. I think there's a lot of corruption there underneath the surface. We've gotten tips from different people that we haven't been able to verify completely yet, but it seems that there were significant uh, benefits for both Governor Kemp and perhaps Mr. Raffensperger also, and maybe others on their team for deciding at the last minute to rush in a contract for Dominion for $107 million for the state. Ironically, the state lawyers claimed yesterday that the state had no control over the county's handling of the voting machines, never mind the state itself purchased the machines and forced them to use them. And the Secretary of State is responsible for all fraud investigations of voting and everything else with respect to voting. It was one of the most disingenuous arguments I've heard any government counsel make, but uh, that's, that's what they Judge. all seem to do these days. Uh, the, initially, the judge granted the, uh, the temporary restraining order then reversed himself after the state had made that claim, then reversed it uh, himself again uh, and ordered the impoundment, effectively the impoundment of those machines. But obviously within that window, apparently in Fulton County, the state of Georgia took that server. 
Now, do we know, uh, you know, I, I just can't, I, I think most Americans right now cannot believe what we're witnessing in this election. We have across almost every state, uh, whether it's Dominion, uh, EBS, whatever the company, voting machine company is, no one knows their ownership, has no idea what's going on in those servers, has no understanding of the software because it's proprietary. Uh, it is the most ludicrous, irresponsible, and rancid uh, system uh, imaginable in the world's only superpower. We look like a complete nation of fools, and we're supposed to be meeting constitutional deadlines on December 8th, <laughs> December 14th. Are you kidding me? This thing should be shut down right now, and people understand that this will not be tolerated by the American people. You are absolutely right, Lou. I couldn't have put it better myself. I can't even begin to tell you how appalling everything I'm seeing is. Somebody sent me the tape from a machine in California, and it reported 550 votes with 270 voters. That's the kind of thing we're seeing when we can get the actual documents. Meanwhile, Dominion and its minions and other state officials everywhere are apparently out there trying to destroy everything they can get to before we can seize it. And our Department of Justice and FBI are nowhere to be found. I am absolutely livid. And I know the American people are livid, too. That's why we started the DefendingTheRepublic.org well, to fight this. Let me be straightforward with you. I had a damn sight rather have Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani on the case uh, than Christopher Wray uh, and the fools, the corrupt fools that lead the FBI any day. Uh, I wish it were otherwise, but the American people understand what we now are up against in this country. Uh, and as I said at the uh, outside of the broadcast, Sidney, this is no longer about just voter fraud or electoral fraud. This is something much bigger. And this president has to take, I believe, drastic action, dramatic action to make certain that the integrity of this election uh, is understood or lack of it. The crimes that have been committed against him and the American people. And if the Justice Department doesn't want to do it, if the FBI cannot do it, uh, then we have to find other resources within the federal government. We've got to rise above this because the nation itself this is an assault on the core of a democracy, any democracy, our, our ability to cast a secret ballot. Uh, your thoughts, Sydney, uh, as we wrap up here. Uh, that's exactly right, Lou. It's, it affects the bedrock of our de democratic republic. It can't be allowed to stand. And frankly, I'm about to think the entire FBI and the entire Department of Justice need to be hosed out with Clorox and fire hoses. You can add the CIA to that list. You know, a lot of people are asking, where's Gina Haspel? Nobody really knows what's going on in these areas of government that are just so clandestine and so secret. Lynn Wood uh, said some interesting things, too. He uh, He's the attorney that's fighting uh, the good fight in Georgia. And what he said was uh, this. He said... Um, let's see, he, 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 well, okay, he said maybe one of three Georgia stooges, Brian Kemp, Jeff Duncan, and Georgia Secretary of State Raffensperger could tell Georgia voters 
truth about the 1,062 registered voters who live at one of 56 UPS stores in Georgia. Now, the UPS stores, um, I've gotten a couple of questions about that. So they're setting up like what used to be called mailboxes, et cetera, stores or fake mail addresses, you know, where you could set up a an, an address that's really just a, a UPS store in a strip mall somewhere. And they were using these in in such a way in Georgia. So there's so much fraud. You heard her refer to uh, something out in uh, California, right? And in California, uh, they uh, they had more votes than voters, and and you, you can go on and on with with, the, with those types of things. We're seeing all kinds of different fraud in Arizona, and they did it different ways. And what we're going to hear is testimony from yesterday's um, hearing in Arizona. But what was interesting is how many different ways they went about fraud. They went about stuffing ballots. They went about truck loads coming in. They stopped the count. You know, and they did all these things, we know, because they had to, because Trump's support was so overwhelming. And this is what happens when you have the people rising up, knowing that there's fraud, and basically standing up for themselves. And people like Brian Stelter and Jake Tapper have to be in fear of their lives right now. They are the perpetuators and the arbitrators of fraud. They are the ones that have been censoring. You know, every single post that gets posted out on Twitter, it basically just goes to the wayside. I mean, um, it just goes gets censored. There's an algorithm put on everything. You know, I was over the holiday weekend. People couldn't believe that the scottadamshow.com, a simple scottadamshow.com website is blocked by Facebook. And people would ask, and these were liberals, by the way, why would that be? I know your site. Uh, we, we know about your show. You're, you know, um, why would that be? And some of these people were liberals, right? They didn't understand it. And I think that even liberals are, for the first time, are starting to see, wait a second, there's a lot of fraud here. We can't deny it. But you know, the mainstream network didn't even cover the Arizona thing. But One American News did, Right Side Broadcasting did, NTD from Epic Times did, and so many other uh, conservative outlets are covering it. And so we're so informed, but yeah, the Hunter laptop was buried. It's amazing how you could be a liberal and just close your eyes and not want to know. But it's starting to seep out and people are starting to realize that we cannot elect somebody who didn't win the vote. And right now we're seeing very clearly that Trump won in a landslide and that if they can get their hands on that data over in Germany that indicates that the raw numbers that Trump won Maybe in epic proportions like Reagan did in his re-election bid, it could very well be the case that we could see a landslide being denied. And that's the absurd part. This wasn't like a close race where Trump won on the margins. And that somehow, you know, I, I believe referees in NFL football have done that, where they've made a difference in the outcome of a game because 
the two teams were at parity and they can control who wins and who loses. And maybe the NFL can control who, what market share they want to uh, favor. And, you know, I think that there's been fraud in, in pro sports for, you know, a long time. But that's a private industry. That's not public, you know, that's not voting. That's not part of our Bill of Rights and our Constitution and our federal laws. That's private. But, you know, those referees can make adjustments to the calls on the margins. But if the one team is, a, you know, a gorilla and the other is, a, you know, a worm or a monkey, I mean, basically, you're gonna you're gonna have a landslide victory. Even a, even a referee can't make uh, even out that playing field. Even a referee, a fraudulent referee, can't fix that game. And I believe that's the same thing that's in play right here. Is they tried to fix the game, thinking that they were on the margins. They uh, did it by burying the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. They did it by exaggerating the polls like the Washington Post, ABC, saying that Trump was going to lose by 17 points in Wisconsin. They did it with every negative story that they told. They did it by burying the 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 idea uh, the uh, Middle East peace process. They did it by so many ways. You know, censoring out the good stuff and banging the drums loudly on the bad stuff. And the bad stuff wasn't even bad. But they would do it, and they would exaggerate, and they would manufacture the Russian hoax, and they would manufacture the fake, uh, the uh, perfect call with Ukraine, and the impeachment hoax. And then they would exaggerate the COVID numbers, and they would blame Trump when they should be blaming China. And it's just on and on, one thing after another. And if that weren't enough, they cheated on the election. Now, you got to put yourself in this head straight. You got to put yourself in this head mindset and this, get your head straight here. And that is that you got to you got to listen to these encounters with the fraud and you got to figure it out and say, "Okay, who won?" And you know that Joe Biden didn't win. He can't even talk, speak straight. He can barely stand up this guy. This guy did not rally. He couldn't fill six circles. At an event, he didn't even bother to uh, sweat it with campaign stops. This guy didn't work hard. Trump held rally after rally. People, the populace, the middle class, the the class that they're trying to steal from, with their redistribution of wealth schemes, and the the class that they're trying to crush with their globalism, multinational jobs going overseas and their multilateral trade deals that make it favorable for other nations while the American politicians get their palms greased in exchange for the favor. And all of these things are being done at the expense of the middle-class working population in America that supported Donald Trump. Look at the layoffs and look at the people who suffered under COVID the most. And look at what Nancy Pelosi did when she didn't want to give a stimulus to the, that group. It's all connected, folks. Every part of it is connected. And the, the, the middle class, when, when uh, Joe the Plumber and Obama got together, and we're going to spread around a little bit. Yeah, you're going to give it to the people who are deadbeats who don't work. And who's going to pay for it? Oh, the working middle class. 
How about those uh, edu- free educations for foreigners or for illegals? Open borders. Illegals come in flood. Take up all the, bring slave labor markets back uh, to our shores. And uh, send manufacturing jobs overseas. And it siphons the middle class to its weakest point. And that's what Obama did. Trump changed all that. And it's the exact reason why it is that Trump got 75 million votes, 11 more or 10 more than he, 11 more than he got, 11 million more than he got in 2016. And the most in the history of America for an incumbent president, <clears throat> by far, not even close. Lynn Wood says this. He says he's the attorney for Georgia, right? I'm going to help. He, he says this. So he's talking about the three stooges, uh, Brian Kemp, Duncan, and Raffensperger, about the fraudulent votes. But he goes on from there, and he says, I'm not in a position from an evidentiary standpoint to comment on Doug Ducey. He's the governor, Doug Ducey. Who's Doug Ducey? He's the governor of Arizona. Another right, another Republican governor. But he's a governor that someone like John McCain and the McCain family can endorse. And they did. So just go figure that, right? John McCain was the devil. I am not in a position from an evidentiary standpoint to comment on Doug Ducey, the governor of uh, Arizona. But I can say with confidence that Brian Kemp from Georgia is a traitor and a criminal who was aware that kickbacks from China and Dominion deals made their way to family accounts and his business partners and accounts. Partners' accounts. Let me read that again. Because he responded to this guy named Rogan O'Hanley, who said, in times of crisis, you find out who the real Republicans are. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Arizona Governor Doug Ducey are what we call traitors. That's a pretty strong word. Lynn Wood, he's the attorney for Nick Salmon. who's fighting the good fight in Georgia, and he's a pretty slick attorney. He doesn't need the money after Nick Salmon. He's not doing it for the money, folks. He's doing it because he loves his country. I'm not in a position from an evidentiary standpoint to comment on Doug Ducey, but I can say with confidence that Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, is a traitor and a criminal who was aware that kickbacks from China and Dominion deals made their way to family accounts and his business partners' accounts. And so this is a very corrupt Brian Kemp, who President Trump denounced his endorsement and said, I regret having endorsed Brian Kemp. But he was going along to get along, and he was trying to play, you know, the game of supporting the down ticket, which did very well. This is the kicker. So when we take a look at this uh, down ticket, President Trump even retweeted this Cernovich. Cernovich says this, Trump off ballot in 2018. Okay, so Trump wasn't on the ballot in 2018. What do you think happened? The GOP loses 40 House seats, right? Trump's on the ballot in 2020. Guess what happens? GOP holds every seat. GOP gains 12 House seats. Statewide, GOPs make gains. 
Trump had 95% party approval rating, highest ever, but he lost. He got more votes than any other incumbent, but he lost. State legislatures did better than ever, and somehow he lost. Everything going down ticket. The Senate had an uphill battle. Believe me when I tell you, two years from now, the Senate is going to be um, in, in favor of the Republicans in that race because this year was the year that the Senate was supposed to get clobbered for the Republicans. It was 35 seats instead of the normal 33 or 34. 35 seats were up for grabs. More. And 26 of them were being defended by Republicans. And still, the Senate managed to hold. Despite Amy Coney Barrett and all the recent activity there. So, you know, these are some really, really good things. So Donald Trump tweeted this out. There's a lot going on in Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Georgia, Pennsylvania. A judge in Nevada has ordered Clark County officials to allow an inspection of the election's equipment and sealed containers used in the 2020 election by 1 p.m. tomorrow. And he did that eight hours ago, he said. So I want to go back and I'm going to play a little bit of Team Trump here. Um, we got a couple of really good interviews that we want to hear. I want, to, I want you to hear Jenna Ellis get warmed up in the bullpen before she goes to Arizona. And this was pretty amazing. It's really important, Maria, because that was built in as a... Here we go. It's really important, Maria, because that was built in as a safeguard and a mechanism so that the people's voice is not disenfranchised when there is corruption and fraud in elections. So, so much of the fake news pushback has been that uh, if these legislators don't certify or they uh, refuse to send the popular vote, the corrupted certification to Congress in terms of their uh, slate of delegates, that's, that's somehow disenfranchising the people. That's not accurate. Under Article 2, Section 1.2, the state legislatures are the only entity that are vested with sending that uh, d- that slate of delegates and choosing their delegates. And the reason for that is to make sure that uh, the people's voice is heard and the correct outcome ultimately uh, happens through the Electoral College. So when the popular vote is corrupted, like what we have here, President Trump is right that there was widespread fraud in this election. We have at least six states that were corrupted, if not more, through uh, the voting systems. Then the state legislatures need to take back their selection of delegates and move forward choosing the delegates that are actually preferred by the people. We know that President Trump won in a landslide. So there's a uh, constitutional path forward. I see here Wisconsin certified for Joe Biden, Arizona, on the very day that they hold the hearing, a 10-hour hearing, at least 10 hours. I watched pretty much the whole thing. And they certify the the data. Despite all of the anomalies, all the evidence of fraud, Arizona and Governor Ducey and uh, Georgia and Wisconsin, in all these states with so-called, well, Wisconsin has uh, Evers. He's a Democrat. But I, they have, a, they have a, a, a conservative legislature. They have a Republican legislature in Wisconsin and in Arizona and in Georgia. 
<clears throat> and in Pennsylvania, and I believe in Michigan. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in Michigan. And so these states with these so-called Republicans need to do the right thing because these leaders, these governors, are, I think, somehow in the tank. You know, there's uh, Linwood is exposing fraud with Kemp and Raffensperger. Uh, Doug Ducey couldn't possibly have been straight up because he has all these pro, um, these conflicts with with the fraud, but yet he does what he does anyway to go along and get along, pay to play, whatever it is, whatever it takes. In Maricopa County, for example, that was the only county where there was problems, major problems. And that was the county that they used their own software, the Dominican software. The Dem- it's called Democratic software. Everybody else used election software version 6.02. And Maricopa County used special software, software that could be edited, software that could be conducive to pulling um, flash drives off and resetting the data. And there were so many other things. But it was, it was unusual that that would be the case. So let's listen to Rudy Giuliani's opening. Okay. That going to major mail-in ballots as a way of doing our elections will be fraught with tremendous fraud. They're very dangerous. It's almost impossible for even semi-crooked politicians to resist the temptation to use it for ballot stuffing. We were warned by President Jimmy Carter. We were warned by former Secretary of State Jim Baker in a report, very, very consequential report. They said we should never do it. And if we do it, it should be extremely limited to the real absentee situations like we have done in the past. We were warned by Justice Souter in the Supreme Court, warned by many, many experts, Republican and Democrat. Democrats used to be against mail-in ballots, like they were against everything else until President Trump was for it which gives you a sense they're not thinking about the country. The key fraud is the mail-in ballot. That was the backup in case they fell too far behind. That's why they cut off the vote at midnight, 1 o'clock, when President Trump was getting too far ahead, particularly in Pennsylvania, in uh, Michigan, in uh, Wisconsin, and and also in... um, uh, Pennsylvania. So they cut off the vote. He was getting up to 800,000 in Pennsylvania, 300,000 in Michigan. He was even further ahead in Wisconsin. They cut off the vote. They turned things off. They chased everybody out. And then it's not your concern, except for the fact that you've got to look at, look at this somewhat in to- total. They started bringing in false ballots. We have three witnesses to 100,000 of those ballots being brought in at 4.30 in the morning in Detroit with no Republicans around that they knew of. Luckily, we had two that stayed behind and a Dominion employee who was willing to be honest. Not all of them are honest. And I'm going to ask you to fight. And I'm going to ask you to try to implore the other members of your legislature to stand up to this. Do not be bullied. Do not be frightened. Your political career is worth losing if you can save the right to vote in America. In fact, I may get you a... In fact, I can get you a chapter 
and profiles in courage if you do that. We are going to ask you as legislators to reclaim that authority and to make sure that the people of Arizona and indeed the people of the United States of America as a whole are not disenfranchised by corruption. Federalist 68, uh, Alexander Hamilton talks about the method of choosing our chief magistrate, our president of the United States, and that this safeguard of vesting that authority exclusively with the state legislatures is the safeguard to making sure that corruption does not win. And when the vote of the people and the voice of the people is corrupted through influence, through fraud, then it is the responsibility, the duty, and the obligation, not just the choice, but the actual duty and obligation of the legislature to step in and to make sure that you don't certify false results. You are the last step to make sure that this election is not corrupted. And again, we aren't asking you to step in and overturn an election. We are asking you to step in to make sure that the corruption that occurred here does not stand. See, that's the key right there. And what people are concerned about, you know, from a Supreme Court level, you get a conservative judge to just overthrow the will of the people. No, we have we have established and I think it's been well established that the will of the people wants Donald Trump. That you cannot let a snake snake oil salesman and shyster um, win uh, w- prevail, especially when it's so close to being the case that they're so fraudulent that they're willing to change the packing of the court, packing of the Senate. They're willing to open the borders. They're willing to go social, go rogue with socialism. They're willing to go radical. And that, that even isn't even part of the equation. The fact is, just like they will execute every single little trick in the book to cheat, we can exercise every little trick in the book legally to, to execute our rights as American citizens. And when you have one faulty ballot, one fraudulent ballot, that nullifies one legitimate ballot. Don't ever forget that. And that when they cheat, they are disenfranchising my vote. That's why, I mean, you know, if a couple is a Democrat, is, you know, there's one that's a Democrat and one that's a Republican, they might just decide, hey, are you voting Republican? Are you voting Democrat, honey? And next thing you know, you say, well, then why bother going out to vote? Because our votes are going to neutralize each other out. And if you could just trust each other enough, and of course, if you love each other, you trust each other, maybe that's the case, right? But if you're two Republicans... You sure as heck should go out to vote. That's two. But, you know, when they cheat, the vote gets nullified. Just like as if, you know, a husband and wife, Democrat and Republican, uh, do the same thing. Let's take a listen to, um, let's take a listen to this, uh, this testimony now. Your vote is not as secure as your Venmo account, is what the guy says. Let's take a listen. So my vote is only as good as the integrity of Dominion and all the hackers that exist that can get into the Dominion machine. 
Your vote is not as secure as your Venmo account. Pardon me? Say that one more time. Your vote is not as secure as your Venmo account. Can you think of any reason why any anyone would hire them to count votes in the United States? I, I could postulate a lot of... Are any of them good reasons? <laughs> um, they have a, a strong lobby. Um, they... Uh, work with the government, they work with state government agencies, and they've got the infrastructure to sell their services. I don't think Giuliani knew what a Venmo account is. It's a uh, payment system. You can pay people through texting and and uh, through phone apps and things like that. Let's take a listen to this one. Witness at Arizona hearing says she was refused observation of at least 2,000 duplicate ballots. My only concern is the handling of the ballots, which makes them... Uh, ineligible to go through the machine correctly, but it's the room before me and the room after me that's it's a concern. I I don't get to see. Well, who let me just a- let me ask you about that. So, a certain number of ballots were now put aside as duplicates. Yes. Duplicates means that they had a problem. Yes, that they have to be duplicated. Right. So it didn't yeah. mean there were two ballots. Right. That's the what duplicates they can them. sound like two ballots. What right. it meant was there's something wrong with it, and therefore we may have to duplicate it. Yes, and that's the room that I was originally... And they, and they were put aside. Put aside, And they were brought out. into another room, and two people. you were not allowed to go in there. No, I was not allowed to go back there. So you were, you were cut off from that also? Yes. I was specifically You were cut off from observing out. the problem ballots? Yes. I was specifically taken out of that room, ushered out, and brought into this room. So the issue there is that 2,000 votes, that adds up. Uh, there's so many more. There's tons of thousands. Uh, you, we're talking about probably hundreds of thousands of votes are in play here. And there's a 9,000 vote disparity. People have been saying it's about 10. President Trump called into the event yesterday. And uh, people were delighted that he did that. Um, so, you know, they... they um, they had that going for them. Let's listen to Steve Cortez. Patriots, let's talk more about the statistical improbability of Biden's win, particularly at the county level. Biden only won 17% of all counties, one out of every six in America. Numerically, that's 524 of them. To put that in context, Obama in 2008 won 873 counties, 350 more. Now, can you still win the election that way? Yes, you can, but you must run up the score in the most populous counties in America. And that didn't happen, at least not in settled states, red and blue. So let's look at the largest U.S. counties in L.A., County. This would shock people. The president gained a half million votes and he gained 4% on margin. Chicago's Cook County, he gained over 100,000 votes, 3% on margin versus 2016. Houston's Harris County, 150,000 votes, 1% on margin. But then we're to believe that when it comes to Maricopa in the swing state of Arizona, even though the president gained 400,000 votes there, that he lost Maricopa County. This is a larger trend we see nationally where Biden does not outperform in settled states blue and red, but then he does in exactly the places he needs it. Now, this is improbable to the point of being impossible. So if you doubt these results, there are good statistical reasons backing you. According to CNBC, only 3% of Trump voters believe Biden was legitimately elected and for good reason. So yeah, there's all kinds of stats for that. Uh, Jenna Ellis said the certifications of Arizona's false results is unethical and knowingly participating in the corruption that 
has disenfranchised AZ voters. Okay, so one other thing really quick. Um, again, these state legislatures, if they withhold uh, the, the votes until the fraud is settled, uh, the litigation is going to go past the December 8th or December 16th or January 6th is when the Congress gets together uh, to certify the Electoral College. And at that point, if Biden doesn't have 270, which he won't if three of these states' uh, legislatures withhold the delegates, then basically what happens is the House has to go to the state delegations, to which case Trump wins. Now, I, I, frankly, I don't want to win that way. I, that, that, that is one path to win. But I think that what, what's going to happen in Georgia, for example, is if they get these machines and they find malfeasance or irregularities, they're going to ban those machines, and it's going to be game over for the runoff for the left because they're, they're not going to be able to cheat. Their cheating methods are in the systems. If they declare that these systems are faulty, now what happened was, as you heard uh, Sidney Powell talk to Lou Dobbs about, not only did Judge Batten do the embargo or you know basically put a hold on the, the uh, machine seizure, seize the machines. Then he said, no, go ahead and uh, wipe them clean. And then he said, no, I've changed my mind a third time in one day, and we're going to go ahead and seize them for 10 days. But still, during that time, they actually confiscated one of the main machines. And I think that Justice Thomas is going to look at that case and say, look, there just seems to be riddled with fraud. I don't know why they wouldn't have a presidential candidate uh, put Trump and Biden back on the ticket for the January 5th runoff and, you know, create some sort of an emergency action where it's paper ballots, show up in person, let the chips fall where they may. These machines are unknown. And let's see what happens. And I guarantee you it would be a, th- it would be a sweep, Republican sweep in a landslide in that runoff. And that's what I hope happens. I would love to see Justice Thomas weigh in on Georgia and do that. I would love to see Alito basically say anything without a chain of custody is an invalid, tainted ballot. If you can't know who signed it, whether the person was registered, whether the person was dead or anything else, whether the person was from another state, whether the person was underage, I mean, there's so many anomalies. If we can't know the legitimacy of the ballot and we look at the curves put together by scientists like this one, Dr. Shiva Ayadorai, then we got to look at it and say, well, there's enough anomalies to where we can't count these. They don't make sense. Let's take a listen. This iteration process, again, the computer was done. And the only one that we were able to come close to matching was this. And I want everyone to look at this carefully. So out of all the you know, potential universe, which we've done, and we're going to continue doing this, by no means is this done, we find that the interesting possibility we find here is when the Democrat percentage is 130% Mr. Biden and negative 30% Mr. Trump, and the Republican percentage is 0-100, the independent is 30%. Percent, 58 percent, libertarian, zero, 60, 60, zero. But what's extraordinary about this graph, again, you know, we went through many, many, many iterations. It matches perfectly, near perfectly. The slopes match, 
the curves match, the shape match. So what this tells us is that this demographic distribution of allocation of uh, uh, party, party affiliations is what can generate this. And I find it highly implausible because this means that Mr. Biden got 130 percent of Democrat voters and negative. So, see, that's uh, an anomaly there. If you could just tell us another scientist. um, This scientist says, expert witness says he believes the numbers in Arizona are fraudulent. In the simplest way possible, as an expert, what is your opinion as to the validity of the numbers that were certified today by the Secretary of State and the governor about this election? If I was an executive at a publicly traded company... I would never sign that because I risk jail time and having all my money taken from me in lawsuits. So to answer your question, I would never, ever have certified. I'd rather resign than have certified those results. So your professional opinion is that the numbers are fraudulent? I believe they're fraudulent based on the data. And my sister asked me a simple question this morning. She goes, how sure are you? And my sister's a pretty stubborn person like me. And I said, I'd be willing to put my life on it. I'm that sure about the analysis, assuming that the data that... All right, so then here's another one. Uh, This one is interesting, too. It says, uh, witness, they thought they were done counting, then ballots, and then more truckloads came in. We're done. And and then more truckloads of ballots would come in. This day before... The Wednesday before the Friday that we quit voting, so 10... Ten days before they quit tabulating, they thought they were done. And, I, and then more truckloads of ballots would come in. And I'm like, how can you not know how many ballots are still out there? Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm sorry. Would you repeat that? <laughs> I kept looking at the screen because it seemed very odd. And in the bottom right-hand corner was a yellow, yellow banner. And I got to a, into a position where I could see the yellow banner, which said, low confidence. Then I started paying much closer attention to the signatures, thinking this didn't even make sense to me because the signature on the ballot that was being compared to other signatures didn't even resemble in any way what they were comparing it to. They were completely illegible. They were just scribbles on the ballot. And All right, that we're... And there's so much more of that. That's just scratching the surface, right? So we're at the end of our show, obviously. But um, the Arizona, if you get a chance to see the Arizona event, check it out. It's well worth the watch. And you can go to Team Trump uh, on Twitter, at Team Trump, and listen to the highlights, as we just did uh, to a certain extent. But do it more and and, uh, be informed. And this kind of thing has happened not just in Arizona, but in Nevada, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, and in Georgia. And we're going to take back our country. We are not going to give up on this fight. This is a fraudulent election, and something needs to be done about it. Hey, you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. My name's Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Just to bury my kids right up to there